I've spoken about this with many Bitcoiners, and I think as humans, we we who have been attracted to Bitcoin have come to Bitcoin quite literally from the beginning of our lives. And if if you speak to some Bitcoiners, they'll say, I've been in search of Bitcoin all my life. And this was the path for me. I just didn't know it until I found Bitcoin. And that was definitely the case for me. Welcome back to the Freedom Footprint Show, the Bitcoin philosophy show with Knut Svanholm and me, Luke the Pseudofin. And today we have our friend Roger9000. We've seen him at a bunch of Bitcoin conferences and we've had a lot of deep and meaningful, so to say, like our friends like to say. And we're really excited to have him on the show. Quick introduction is that he's a Bitcoiner, musician, cacao ceremonialist. So let's dive into it. We'll definitely have to explain that last one. So Roger, welcome to the Freedom Footprint Show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, gentlemen, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah, so are we, Roger. And like the first question to you is obvious. Outcast has Andre 3000, but Bitcoin has Roger 9000. Where did the, the 9000 come from? Okay, so nine is my lucky number. So that one was pretty easy for me. Bitcoin became something very, um, well, it's a funny thing because I was very deep into Stanley Kubrick. My brother's a bit of an actor. And so Stanley Kubrick was quite at the forefront of my mind. And HAL 9000, if you know, yeah, Place I Place See 2001. So yeah, probably my favorite film ever. Yeah, HAL was probably the most, how do I put this, the most human creature in that film. And has always stuck with me. So how the, the, the 9,000 is definitely a reference to how I was actually going to call myself, uh, um, how 9,000 as a musician. I was thinking about just dropping Roger altogether. And then the, the Powerball mean, you know, the, the over 9,000 thing happened and, um, it just seemed applicable to Bitcoin. So yeah, 9,000. Yeah. And Hal was already taken in Bitcoin. Hal was already <laughs> taken. And but yeah, exactly. So what's the cacao thing? Cacao ceremonies? What is this thing? So I like to think of the ceremony itself as like a practice of manifesting your intentions. That probably needs a bit of breaking down. Like your intention being, they, 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 they talk about it in terms of setting your intention. And your intention is essentially a truth for yourself, which is, which is what I like to consider truth in terms of like, we, we know we have the truth when it comes to a Bitcoin transaction. And that's verified in, in a sort of global, in a, in a sort of um, a network way. Your intention is really verified by yourself in a way. The practicing of manifesting it in the real world is kind of what the idea of the ceremony is. So you have the ceremony, which is like this, you could call it a bit cathartic in a way, if if, if um, you've ever been, to, well, I mean, there is this sort of opening up of the self in front of an audience, which, I, you know, as, as, a, as a performer, there is something cathartic about being totally yourself in front of an audience. But there's an internal thing, and we can talk about, well, actually, 
the the sort of the background as, as from a shaman point of view and all that kind of stuff. I I don't know enough about that. I'm I'm actually still learning that side of things, but I feel like Bitcoin really really is this internal journey in the same way that the Kaka ceremony is trying to initiate this internal journey. So the Kaka ceremony is the practicing of the manifesting or the bringing out of um, the intention, which is, which is yourself. And then the cacao is the medicine for the activation of that intention. So it literally becomes, and you sort of turn it into a medicine, but it also works through you as a medicine as well. And there's this amazing, this amazing practice that's also shamanic, which is, um, and, and the study of this practice is, um, kudundarismo, which is, um, this kind of plant medicine study. And, and essentially, you know, whether it's ayahuasca or cacao, it's, it's all in a sense, the healing through medicine power, but through plant, plant medicine, essentially. So I can, I can get into the depths of how Bitcoin and cacao, um, I, I gave this presentation in, um, El Salvador called the, the, the beautiful balance of Bitcoin and cacao, because I believe they both operate as balancing forces in the world, essentially. In a, in a sort of macro sense, in a sort of individual physical way, and, and more importantly, in a, in a metaphysical, in a metaphysical way as well. So it's the ceremony, um, it, it's sort of a bit out there, I think, for technical people in the Bitcoin space, but I actually feel like there's more and more people in Bitcoin who are gravitating towards this concept of you know and this Jungian concept of the individuation process really which is all about the purification of the self and you know this is a it, it this is this is you know I mean Campbell called it the hero's journey Jung called it the individual individuation process but it's essentially this finding yourself finding your path and then following your path and the cacao ceremony really helps in that manifesting and Bitcoin is all about finding your truth and finding your, yourself essentially that that's essentially what, what I believe Bitcoin's here to do. Um, we can get into, into how and, and how timely Bitcoin is as well. Cause it's, it really is such a beautiful balance that Bitcoin brings us when we, when we need it. So important. So, you know, so urgently right now that this reminds me of um, a conversation i had when i back when i was playing music and we had a gig and uh, there there were some other some other bands on stage as well and one of them um a friend of mine was singing in that band and he 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 told me about the importance of uh, you know knowing that it's an act and it's as soon as you go on stage uh you become this uh alter ego persona and and it's all theater and i thought wait a minute for me it's the exact opposite like this is the act you know of being in fiat land and 
having a career and stuff and whatever i go on a stage and just then all bets are off and and it's not an act anymore i can just scream out whatever whatever i want to to scream about or or like like that's that's not an act that's the purest thing so so i think uh and and I enjoy artists and and music uh, and you know films or whatever that are more like that 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 where the the art is not the act but but the purest thing and it's sort of acknowledging that everything else is an act. I think that's and 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 the mask of God is essentially what you're describing there, right? You're you're describing the fact that we all wear this mask and the divine principle within us all is what is dying to kind of come out. We, we don't know it. And we, and, you know, I've spoken about this with Izzy as well, you know, we don't really know ourselves, but, but, but I know Izzy is all about, you know, it's all about know thyself. And, and that's true. It's all about trying to get to know yourself. But in, in that same paradox, I guess, of the answer is there is no answer, you, you have to be comfortable with knowing that you kind of don't know what's about to come out of you. And when you let go, which I think is what you're kind of saying there, when you let go on stage or when you let go in a caca ceremony, for example, there is this honesty, there is this authenticness that can, that you don't even know is coming. That's incredible. That's, you know, I've, I've had that experience in the Kako ceremony and I've, I've, I've cried or I've, I've had visions or I've, and I don't know, maybe, and I haven't done ayahuasca, but maybe, maybe that kind of stuff is what the shamans are, are, are kind of trying to find as well all the time. I, I, I've still got to learn a lot more about that stuff, but I think what drew me to to being a musician was was that though was I I need to express myself as authentically as possible and it seems as though the real world isn't real enough for me it's not I'm not feeling and, and so when I and I was talking about this with Nozomi Hayesi you know, because she's she asked me, Roger, like, is that really you on stage? And I thought to myself, well, there is there is a bit of you know banter there. There is a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of playing with the crowd. But but essentially, that that's absolutely me. That's that's me. Like I can't even be in real life or in, because it's. It go. It gets bigger. It gets bigger than. It gets bigger than that. When you're in that space, I guess I can't even really describe that. But yeah, but uh, I think this this is true for all creativity, really. Uh, when I mean the the best songs I've written and the best pieces of writing I ever put out uh, came from a, a place of, you know letting go completely and just being in a green zone and not knowing what was going on. Like my most famous piece is probably the everything divided by 21 million article. And, and that I, I wrote that while simultaneously falling asleep. So I wasn't there. <laughs> I was just, so uh, I, 
it feels like you're channeling something from the outside. And I, I, I don't necessarily believe that is true, that you're actually channeling something. But it certainly feels like that's the case, that there's some outside force. And I guess it's your subconscious or your soul, if you will, like s- something else is influencing what's happening. And and it's such a great feeling to be hyper-focused, like to be in the, in the zone and the, like what 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 do surfers say like the green room when they catch a perfect wave uh that's the thing you want to be in this moment that feels like you're you're stuck in this moment in time and it's going to last forever like time and space are just dissolving and i had that experience while you know rehearsing with the band sometimes and even on stage like you're just watching your body do things but you're not really there you you're able to like zone out and observe all these magical stuff happening and I, I i love that and i i think like um bitcoin and the um security it gives you the the um all the insight it gives you the, it gives you a, a leverage if you will a be- better starting point for for being like that more often <laughs> if you will since like you say we wear these masks if you if you have a fiat job you know exactly what that means like you're 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 forced to attend these meetings and 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 uh, talk bullshit about this and that and and have conversations about the weather and other bullshitty things and it feels very unnatural and and uh, artificial and so yeah like I I think we at least creative people <laughs> have have a uh, a wish to to get closer to some authentic, authenticity in this way. I think it's I think it's no coincidence the kind of you know, for lack of a better word, squares and misfits and weirdos that get attracted to Bitcoin. It's it's no coincidence at all. I, I've spoken about this with many Bitcoiners, and I think as humans, we 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 who have been attracted to Bitcoin have come to Bitcoin quite literally from the beginning of our lives. And if if you speak to some Bitcoiners, they'll say, "I've been in search of Bitcoin all my life," and this was the path for me. I just didn't know it until I found Bitcoin. And that was definitely the case for me. I, 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 I think music helped me find the path. And Bitcoin, I don't like to use the word concretized, but it, it, it kind of it solidified it. I guess they're the same kind of thing. But um, Bitcoin solidified what I was looking for. But essentially, I was always looking for what what Bitcoin is and what Bitcoin represents, which is which is essentially the freedom to be myself. And and it's it's insane how how Bitcoin operates. But but it is it's this free speech which enables freedom of expression, which enables you to identify yourself through that through however form you want to express yourself in. And in that expression, you see yourself clearly, you accept yourself fully, and then you can love yourself. Then you can truly say, well, that's, that's me. And here I am. And then you can start accepting and building that love. And that love is really what we're all after. Whether we, we like any kind of creator or any kind of, but, but we're all creators. And so, any kind of human is looking for that kind of that love. Uh, do you think it's necessary 
to love yourself be- before you can love others? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely love others. I'm not saying you can't, but the love for yourself is truly, or th- it's truly, well, I should put, it's truly abundant love because, and you can, you can have, I'm not saying you can't have abundant love for others before you find abundant love for yourself. You, you can definitely have that because you might this you, you know you might not like what you're putting out into the world, but then you find someone and you love what they're putting out into the world, and so you can just give to that. But anything is anything is possible in that way. But I, maybe I can only speak from my point of view here. But I feel like if you don't have a true kind of sense of love in some capacity for yourself then it's going to run out for someone else because where are you going to kind of get it from like it, it's a tricky one man i i i like to think though that the bitcoin it begins like you were saying it begins this path for self-love i mean we've got an identity an identity crisis going on in the world we've got a value crisis which leads to the identity crisis, which then leads to this relationship crisis in a way. But the, the identity crisis is, I believe, that people are trying to work out who they are, but the fiat system, it's completely made it a delusion of what value really is for the individual. So we, 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 we value these metrics, we value these calculations, we value, for example, we value money instead of wealth, right? So so money becomes this tangible, physical thing when we should be valuing wealth, which is, I mean, wealth is, is health, wealth is happiness, wealth is a healthy relationship, for example. But where we're sort of calculating wealth like it's, you know, how much money you've got, what kind of assets you've got, what kind of, you know, car you own, all, all that kind of stuff. Well, and the fiat system is all, is all pervasive in that it's, 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 it's not only broken, but it's broken our way of valuing things as human beings because we don't value human things anymore. We value these fucking calculations and, I think the, the, the main misconception here is that people think that money is an, is a noun, that it's a, a physical thing when it's really not. It's, it's an, it's an adjective, right? <laughs> it's, it's different things have different moneyness to them. And it's not a tangible thing. Like, um, uh, it's, it's just, we, we, we view, have, have come to believe that these, uh, bills and these numbers on screens are money. But it it's true in the sense that they have some moneyness to them, but they're not necessarily a, it's not a it's not a physical thing. It's just an expression of how you value so uh, to which extent you value your time basically to other to other people. So that and also about about the self and loving thyself. Do you think Donald Trump loves himself? And like where I'm getting at with that question is like, where does narcissism come in and where does this self-love turn into something ugly? And so what's the difference between loving thyself so that, so that you can be able to 
you know, spread love to others and loving thyself for egotistical reasons. Altruistic love comes out of self-love. So there has to be true self-love for it to become abundant for yourself. And, and in that abundance, then it can be given to others quite, quite freely. I mean, that's the unconditional giving of, of love. It's, it's got to be unconditional. Is Trump giving his love unconditionally? It's questionable because he may <laughs> be looking for something in return. And he, he, he probably is from certain people. Does he have enough self-love for himself? You know, he probably does. My views on Trump may be biased, but this is, I just took him as an example of like the narcissistic personality disorder. Like for people who suffer from that, is is self-love a good thing or not? And do they love themselves? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, definitely. That is really tricky there because on the one hand, you would say someone who's narcissistic doesn't really Someone who's narcissistic is actually really looking for love because they don't have it within themselves properly. So they're constantly sourcing for outside validation. And in that sense, they've missed the point of truly being able to be on their own, truly being able to love themselves unconditionally for themselves because they, they just don't. They just, they're constantly searching on the outside for something. And that's, yeah, that you could say someone who's narcissistic is definitely showing tendencies of being completely lacking in self-love, which you could say, yeah, that, that, I mean, is it dangerous? Yeah, I think it is dangerous. Like, and it's interesting you mentioned a politician because a politician may be seen on the outside of things to, to have, you know, this status. And we, we often conflate status with, with some kind of happiness, right? Oh, well, you're, you've got all these views, you're, you've got all these likes, you've got all this attention, you must be really happy. But is that person really happy? And does that attention really give them a sense of identity? I mean, Maybe, yeah, it is hard to, it is hard to answer. I mean, I think you'd have to sit down with Trump and really get to know someone like that to, to be able to answer something like that. But narcissism is, it is a result, I would say, of, uh, well, of this, 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 this crisis of identification, I think. We're going through these crises of, knowing of of not knowing ourselves well enough and so we look to the outside for validation all the time and in doing so we're measuring ourselves using the fiat standard and if we don't have all of the if we don't tick all the boxes then we're we're getting sad because we don't we we just we're not valuable enough so we're we're searching for the wrong thing in the wrong place, then. I, you know that that song. Um, still, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I think that's um, it's such a well 
this it's it just describes the situation of of the fiat and maybe it's a you know I don't want to say anything about the it just that 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 the the actual meaning behind that song is so relevant to the fiat culture it's just so relevant and we 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 suffer because um because the the whole world just just can't see that the fiat is is corrupting everything so how did you find bitcoin or how did bitcoin find you is might be the more more <laughs> corrector question here so i think i think um bitcoin finds you just because you're looking for truth really or you're looking for you're you're curious enough to question things and you're brave enough to you're brave enough to accept other people's refusal you know and and when other people refuse you you sort of because of your conviction it doesn't matter but sorry man your your question was how did bitcoin find me or how did i find bitcoin it, again it was through music so so the music led me to bitcoin and it led me to an andreas antonopoulos video and that was it i, I just i started a bit like andreas himself i started just absorbing as much as i could and found i lost myself completely just yeah just sucking up everything bitcoin and i've never i've never looked back i've never regretted basically anything i've done in bitcoin and that includes losing 80% of all my bitcoin which was very painful but in a boating um, accident kind of yeah. <laughs> um no but it it i think everything in bitcoin is good for you and it 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 literally improves your life no matter what it does in a way because it's it's um it's this purification process yeah one thing you said before that's like uh, i think bitcoiners so are born with this that, that that they will find bitcoin eventually because they were born with this uh you know, itch in their minds that there's something bigger and there's something to look for in the first place. And this reminds me of a, a question I've uh, been asked many times since writing the books. And that is the question, when did you start writing the book? I mean, and to me, that's like impossible to answer. Like, I know when I stopped writing the book, that's easy. When I started, like, when the hell was that? This, it's not when I wrote the first letter on the keyboard. I know that. So when is it? It's probably when I was born or maybe when my parents were born. What do I know? Like <laughs> everything led up to that decision at some point. So it's very hard to, to, uh, to put a starting point at any creative process. I mean, if, if you're writing a song, for instance, that can be, that can feel very instant and like you, 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 you grabbed an instrument and something just came to you uh so that's easier to explain but like why why did it come to you it wouldn't have come to you if you didn't know how to use the thing it wouldn't have come to you if you didn't pick it up or have it there or like there needs to be a, a couple of there are uh what's the word uh preconditions that are necessary for a thing like that for a creative thing to to happen 
You know, honestly, man, um, I actually found it really difficult. I, I found it really easy to write music um, just in terms of my creative process. Um, and I find it, I found it really easy to come up with a melody. I, I found it incredibly difficult to realize what was informing that music. And ever since I found Bitcoin, it's been so easy to write lyrics. It's been so easy to know what my music's about now. And so I've, I, I, I've even had some music that I'd written years ago and I've looked at it and thought, holy fuck, this is about Bitcoin as well. And it, it literally informs my entire existence now. I mean, Bitcoin literally, I, I honestly, I, and it's going to sound weird, but Satoshi s speaks to me. I, it, like you were saying, something speaks through you. So like the books are, are a channeling of something. And this is why I guess people come to these religious, the, these religious concepts keep coming up in Bitcoin because of this nature um, of this expression, it's somehow otherworldly. Yeah, the idea is so powerful. It's like that, uh, that um, I, I don't remember who the quote is from, some, one of the science fiction authors, I think, but yeah, that any, any sufficiently advanced technology is uh, indistinguishable from magic. And I think that's what's going on. And I think people who can't comprehend why it's so powerful see it as magic and that has something to do with why they become religious to a larger extent that's that that that's a great analogy yeah that's like a rationalist view of of why this is why bitcoiners are becoming religious uh, it's because it feels like magic because in some sense that it is like it, and as you say yeah, I've had the, you said this is going to sound strange, but I've had the exact same experience with songwriting. I mean, I write songs, I don't record them as often as I used to, but I still write them once in a while. And uh, the best ones are usually the ones that take five minutes to write. And that just come from this place of, of stream of consciousness, like, and the lyrics can be very abstract, and they make no sense whatsoever in in a traditional sense, but but they make emotional sense to you somehow, or poetical sense, whatever. And somehow, yeah, Bitcoin influenced that for sure. And and I like you, I could look back at older songs and see like, hang on, this was already here somehow. Like it's a search, searching for freedom and a searching for emotional honesty, <laughs> if you will. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. It it comes and I saw this interview with Michael Jackson once and he freaking said exactly the same thing as what you've just said. He literally just some interviewer asked him, you know, hey man, where did fucking Billy Jean come from? And he was like, It just came to me. It don't look for it because it's just gonna come to you. And that that really shook me. I was like, wow, like this dude is fucking and I've subsequently tried to listen to more of what Michael has said, and he's a fucking profound dude. We like—I I don't think we know the half of what what the fuck is going on with Michael. I, 
who knows how he exited the world. But I actually think he's really under, obviously, you know, he's a pretty famous dude, but like I think his philosophical and spiritual understanding is so undervalued. No one fucking knows him for that. Um, but he was there. He was really on all this stuff, which is, for, I, I guess he's, his handlers probably said, look, dude, just, just don't, 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 don't say that shit, man, but you can fucking put people off, you know? But, um, hey. Yeah. The other artists that come to mind that like John Lennon or Kurt Cobain or Bob Marley or like people who just had something, some connection to something authentic, um, emotionally authentic. It's very hard to quantify or describe. Yeah. I mean, the purification process though, it should actually help many more people reach that state. I mean, I, I, I've definitely been helped. There's so many people crying out, I think, to have a voice in the world and whatever that is, you know, and that's the beauty of Bitcoin. It's, it's, it's changing. And, and I was thinking about this the other day, actually, just to get back to the religious stuff. Um, this great quote by, um, by Joseph Campbell, um, the image of God is the final obstruction. And I've, I've loved that. I've loved that ever since I heard it. But for me, that means essentially when you get rid of the image of something, particularly the image of God, it, it then becomes, it then becomes everything. It then manifests itself in everything. It, and, and I think for, for God, you know, like we, we are the image of God. We, the, 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 I guess this is an Eastern perspective more than a Western perspective, but, but then I thought, but hang on, the image of money is the final obstruction. And like you say, Knut, right? Like you say, everything divided by 21 million. I mean, that is that. And now we're getting rid of the image of money through Bitcoin and everything now becomes monified my every everything now be, now has a real value because we're getting rid of the money so i mean i i, I you know i think that the 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 philosophy and and the love of knowledge that brick the bitcoin is initiating here is um i mean it i i think we should i think all bitcoiners are essentially philosophers now they they have to have philosophy at their core because that's what enables them to to love what they what they are which is which is truth searching creatures the, the, just before i forget like, there's a great benny anderson quote about creativity and and songwriting in particular and he says like the songs are already out there floating in the room and you just have to sit by the piano to catch them <laughs> as they as they as they float around, and and I think that's so illustrative of what it feels like to write a song. It feels like when you do it successfully, that is like you can force it, but but it never it's never as good. I mean, it is it is effortless, and I'd love to have had a conversation with Beethoven because to know the struggle. And we only know, you know, anecdotal evidence, but 
we know that he struggled like a motherfucker, right? As opposed to someone like big, uh, as opposed to someone like Mozart, who just seemed to have this fucking, you know, hey, let's have fun, let's fucking be jokers, let's, you know, it all just seemed, you know, like like you know, he's writing symphonies in his head um, without any effort at all, and so I've always thought, I've always really, well, again, I I. I, I try to be balanced and I've, I've, I've fucking slogged at some things and thought, no, this, this, this is going to happen. I just have to believe it. I just have to keep struggling with it. And at the end of the day, I've really, I've, you know, I've bashed a dead horse, right? But, um, but when, absolutely, as you say, can like when it happens magically and when it happens easily and when it happens, like it's like you're channeling it. That is, they're, they're, they're definitely the best ones. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Th- then again, like people's processes are different and mu- different genres of music are different. And like that, the, the, the Beethoven Mozart thing uh, reminds me of how Bob Dylan compared his songwriting to how Leonard Cohen compared, uh, described his. It's like Dylan writes them for, in five minutes and Cohen spent years writing everything. So, so it doesn't necessarily have to be the same from person to person and also from genre to genre. I mean, I love Tool, for instance, that they take like 14 years to release an album, but when they do, it's, it's fucking spectacularly good. And, and it is good because they put a lot of work into it. So there's something to that too. Like, but th- this is where, this is why it's so hard to describe because the ability to be able to write a song in five minutes took a lifetime of work to get to that point, right? Uh, that that's so that's the proof of work there. So so I think anyone who says that the, writing the song took them five minutes is basically lying. Like the, it's the final process of the song making that took five minutes, but really took you a lifetime. That's that's incredible, and it's really true. And um, I guess that's um, that's the confidence, yeah, of an artist, as opposed to just the luck of an artist and. Absolutely. There's, there's so much more. I used to get really, uh, you know, until Bitcoin sorted me out in a way, I, I used to get incredibly jealous of other artists thinking, why, why don't I get, you know, again, it was that attention. Why don't I get that recognition? Why don't people want to work with me? Why don't I have people come to my gig? All, all that kind of stuff. And of course, you know, I wasn't taking into account all of those hours, all of that pain, all of that struggle that you don't see when you just see the artist up on stage and you're just thinking, hey, hey, this guy just seems to do it falling off a log. There's no, you know, he's got all these um, contacts. He's got all this. Um, and again, that's, that's that concept of privilege, right? Which again is a, fiat construct right privilege is such a bullshit term that again we attribute to this fiat system it's like well you know do you have the money do you have the accolade do you have the 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 qualification do you have you know the contact and they're all things that are fucking fiat there's nothing human about that and yet we value ourselves on that shit we value ourselves on the fucking likes, on the measurement, on the calculation. And it, 
fucks us up as human beings. It literally destroys our confidence in being human, in being just basically good enough, just being human and just being able to dream and just being able to think and, and, and be happy and be sad and, you know, eat and love and cry and shit and all those things that actually is the true human value, the true human condition. So the internet itself has sort of destroyed the privilege narrative because everyone can compete on every, in every field now. And you can really, the only thing that can separate you from others is like, uh, that you actually have talent and that you're actually put in the work. I mean, anyone can do a YouTube show. Anyone can make music. Anyone can even make a movie at this point. Like it's, it's just to make a quality product, you need to put in the work and you need to have a, some type of talent which go hand in hand. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, there's nothing, there's nothing that replaces the slog of, you know, the 10,000 hours playing or, or no, exactly. actually putting in, putting in the work to, to create something of value. It is a bit K-shaped in, in that, you know, you do have some artists with some recognition who can get a lot of attention just by twigging figures or just by, you know. Yeah, but then they're engaged in another art form. And that art form is just manipulating the algorithms to get the likes, which is an art form in itself. Uh, not a very, uh, it's not an art form I appreciate very much, but still you have to do it like, it is something. Yeah, yeah. it does take, t- it does take effort. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I think that would be harder on a Bitcoin standard though. Let's hope so, man. Yeah. No, I think it's it's pretty clear that Bitcoin is going to level a lot of things and, and let's hope it's going to just enable value for value and, and, you know, be there for people who really need it. And so far, so good. It's, it's, it's you know, I, I would never have developed myself as an artist any further at all. So Bitcoin has helped me so much. I can't even begin. It's... I mean, firstly, it's given me a sense of my own identity as a musician because I really didn't, like like I said, I didn't know what was informing my music. I, I really needed to put it out there. But without meaning for me and without being informed by something, and, let's, I, and I have to be really honest, without being informed by something as significant as Bitcoin, I... I couldn't have validated it. I never was able to validate my music because it just didn't feel like it had enough gravity to it. And all of a sudden, Bitcoin comes along. And I'm like, fuck yeah, this is all I want to write about. This is all I want to bring to the world. And I still feel like, you know, well, let me put it this way. I only create for bitcoiners now it's it's this weird thing that you know you you know who your audience is and then you just go well these these are the people i'm speaking to i think i just don't give a shit about anyone else and, and maybe that's really where i had to come uh, get to because i was always like how do i please this and how do i please this group and how do i and i was such a fiat all right you might have noticed that we've recently partnered with amber app After our episode with Izzy, their CEO and our close friend, we knew we would have to partner with them in some way. 
If you haven't seen our episode with Izzy, definitely go check it out. You'll see why it's such a great fit. And honestly, they're following the orange glowing light, like Izzy always says. And that's exactly what we try to do here at the Freedom Footprint Show. The big news about Amber App is that they're going to be launching their version 2.0. I've seen some of the screenshots and it looks fantastic. They're going to be including a non-custodial on-chain wallet, an anonymous lightning wallet, a fiat wallet, and finally, it's going to be an exchange, of course. It's going to be just this super app. They're also going to be launching globally. Everyone's going to be able to use it. We're really excited about all that. Stay tuned with us and you'll hear all about it. And for now, check out their website, amber.app, and the episode with Izzy to find out more. Roger, this is fantastic. Uh, uh, I'm loving all the Campbell stuff. My my angle uh, into the Joseph Campbell world is mostly through Jordan Peterson, uh, which which he's super influenced by Campbell, by Jung, all of all of this this stuff. But the the angle that I mostly take, I love the hero's journey. This is this is a great story, a central story. But I, I mostly focus on other aspects uh, of this here. Have, have, you, have you dug into some of the different ways that Peterson approaches this stuff? You know, I haven't heard much from Peterson. I, I feel really guilty about that because I know he's influenced by these dudes. And um, I guess I'm still working my way through Campbell and, and Jung. And I'm, I, I, yeah. But I, I, you know, when I do hear Peterson talk, I can hear all all the influence in him. So, absolutely, man. Yeah, no, I've, I, 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 I do need to, I do need to hear. I, the one thing I did hear from Peterson um, was his take on AI, and he he sounded very worried about the whole thing, and that kind of confused me because I thought, hang on, I thought this guy knew the Bitcoin was kind of all cool, but he, he seemed to feel really afraid of AI and that AI was just going to, you know, infiltrate what seemed like infiltrate the whole world, even Bitcoiners, which I very much doubt, but you know, I guess. Uh, more worries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I think one of the things with, with him, uh, I, I don't uh, really Put myself out there to kind of defend him as a as a person. That all he, all that he has done is he's helped me a lot to figure out the problem of meaning, the problem of value, all of this stuff. the The book Maps of Meaning is the the most valuable thing that he's contributed to that. I, I think, as well as some accompanying lecture series, those were huge for me. Just to tie off the point of that. He's got a lot of a lot of things, a lot of opinions that I certainly don't uh, agree with, or at least not to the same extent that that he does. But the main thing is he he still produced some amazing things that have been incredibly helpful. And uh, so, actually, right now I'm doing a series with Robert Breedlove on the Maps of Meaning book. So, so first of all, if you want to check that out, we've got we've got two episodes released already, and probably two more coming pretty soon here. So, if if you want to check that out. Uh, but his all all of his original stuff is a good is a good intro as well. Yeah, thanks, Knut. But um, yeah, 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 I'm just gonna say, like, subscribe, brush your teeth, and go and watch Luke on Breedlow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, Knut. Oh, uh, good. I'm, I'm doing my best yeah, yeah. to to uh, bring some of the things that have influenced me out into the world a little bit better. Is kind of a almost decade, uh, really. I, I guess is. 
there's a, there's a few years before I actually found this stuff, but uh, five six years really of uh, um, work on myself going into that. This is actually leading to uh, I'm I'm trying to build in uh, uh, a talking point or a question here. Uh, I think I think one of the differences in the um, what 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 I've found is that there's this sort of meta narrative, the, these archetypal figures that stand for order chaos and the way you mediate between these things and it all comes down to that we we have these shared maps of the world and by systematically destroying and recreating these maps we can navigate the world in a way that can create something new and uh, i i guess the hero hero's journey parallels this to to a certain extent but it it also really to me, there's there's a, an aspect of what it tells the individual to do. Um, so, I guess my question would be, what do you see as the role of the individual in the world? Like, what 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 is the thing that people need to do to find this meaning? This has been the question that's that's obsessed me for years, and I needed to figure that out myself. And what's your take on that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, truth is within you. I'll say that straight out of the bag. Like, it's not really something you need to go out and look for. And this is, I think, I guess where a lot of people get confused, that they're thinking, surely I've got a purpose that's more than just being me. And that's kind of where people start to go off on all these tangents and they start to look outside of themselves and they start to think, well, you know, he does that and she does that and he's got a cool girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that guy's making that amount of money. So I've got to bring myself to those places. It gets, it just, it gets confusing, but I think, um, I don't think, I don't, I think if you're able to listen to yourself clearly, and this is that intention side of things, because it is internal attention. That's what intention is. It's really listening to yourself. And Campbell actually spoke about having a, a quiet space, a quiet place where you would just go and try and really just be with yourself. This is another myth. I shouldn't say that. This is another fallacy we have in the world that is, well, if you're alone, that must mean you're lonely. People just find it so hard to be on their own these days. It's, it's, it's crazy. It, everyone needs this noise, this attention, this sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but actually, yeah, pe people just can't find themselves because they can't be truly with themselves very easily. I agree with that so much. Like alone is very different from lonely. Alone is deliberate. I mean, <laughs> uh, and uh, as speaking as a person who needs a lot of alone time, like I, I think it's so underrated. Like people should just pause, stop, pause and take a moment for themselves with themselves, with their own thoughts, like recognize what that is. And I think good things come out the other end. Like, <laughs> that's how 
as a creative person, you have to do that. Like, there's no other. This is what John Cleese talks about about creativity that you need to know that you're not going to be interrupted. Like, not only do you need to not be interrupted, but you need to know that you're not going to be interrupted, uh, which is which is why you need to be alone and you need to turn off your notifications. Like, that's otherwise nothing will come out the other end. Like, you need that to be creative. He gave a did did. I I watched a a video presentation. He gave a lecture on creativity. That that's what um that's what I saw of him, and it just blew my mind. He, the extent to which, um and and when you watch Monty Python, you know, and you think, this seems so natural and so just like as if it just fell into their hands, into their laps, and then you then you hear him talk about how much they pushed and struggled and searched for it and you think wow man that they were seriously enlightened dudes to to um and like you say like it it they he he knew that he needed the space and he knew he needed the time and the reflection and then he knew he needed to play and he needed to be out they need to be able to have fun when they were doing it as well and that he he wrote a book about creativity. I think it's called On Creativity. It's a it's a short book. It's like a one hour audio book, and John reads it himself, so he, he keeps laughing at his own jokes. But it's uh, it's wonderful, <laughs> uh, and I can really recommend that because like he he sort of debunks some myths, like write what you know about. Well, <laughs> that's like such a stupid piece of advice because what what am i gonna what what's this parallel what am i gonna do what am i gonna write about pumpkin farming in or arkansas like like of course i'm gonna write what i know about everyone does like you cannot write about something you don't know about like it's obvious <laughs> and uh yeah he's really good and that and the um the documentary on how they make south park it was about the uh, human sent iPad uh, episode, which is hilarious, and uh, how they write that. Uh, so the six, it, the documentary is called Six Days to Air, and their creative process is just magic as well. Like six days to produce that from nothing to a complete South Park episode. It's to me that's mind blowing. Like, uh, but that's why they uh, they can be able to stay so fresh all the time and like be on point with the current thing. Yeah. And that's a practice too, isn't it? I mean, that, that, that ability to get into the different zones, um, with your team. I mean, that, that, I, I, that was one thing about rehearsing with a band that I found I, I loved, but it was so spontaneous and so hard to predict and so difficult to like the bands that do it. I, I really take my hat off to them. Like they, they, have managed to firstly they've managed to stick together which is literally like being married like for years and years and years which and okay if you're getting paid well then okay you can you, you i guess you just grin and bear it but and this brings to mind this concept of well were we different as human beings um you know in the past i mean i mean we, we clearly were but like our ability to withstand relationships in the past seem to 
we just seem to have a lot more tolerance for it in the past. Now we just seem to want to find ourselves much more. It's much more pressing, at least, I don't know. I, I yeah. think this is like a, a, an important thing to remember here is that the 20th century was the outlier. That's the experiment century. Like that's when you could make money out of copies. Like you couldn't make money out of copies before that because you couldn't copy stuff. So you simply didn't have the industrial revolution. And, uh, and you can't make money of copies after that because you have abundance because of the internet. So, so music is infinitely copyable for no cost at all. So, so these, this notion of, you know, bands making money, selling records and, and uh, selling movie tickets and stuff. It's, it's an era that has come and gone and it, and it was an experimental era, but it was an anomaly in a a historical human sense. And it's, it, I don't think it's coming back. We're never going to see superstars like Michael Jackson or whoever again, like it's not the same thing now when the, the, the mystery is gone. I mean, there was something too that as a special era in in human history. I mean, we'll never have another Elvis, right? <laughs> uh, but but still, uh, for the most part, it's a good thing that we won't, because like I think many of those people were pretty fucking miserable. Like Madonna, for instance, <laughs> or, or Michael Jackson. Like, uh, it, oh, the torture that some of these dudes must have gone through. It must have yeah. been horrific. And they just Start really made like, it because, right, like, right, right. <laughs> and Poor all the dude, other grunge right? heroes that killed themselves. Like, yeah. it's, it's fucking horrible. I mean, imagine driving someone to fucking suicide. I mean, that's just got to be the most painful place and world to do it. And I mean, I don't know. I guess he was fairly balanced, but, uh, and he maintained some kind of career, obviously. But um, imagine just, constantly thinking yeah i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna do it one day because this is fucking hell like and 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 the the industry and addiction probably had something to do with it too sure sure but but it's no wonder that the industry collapsed on itself it, it literally killed itself because, like you say, because it was able to just milk it and milk it and milk it and completely um, co-opt everything around it. You know, the the media, the the attorneys, the the accountants. They were all feeling like they eventually they they felt like they became the superstars. I saw a really good interview this morning, by the way, with Michael Beinhorn. If you're familiar with him, uh, music producer. Uh, from the 90s with Rick Beato, who I, I'm think, I think you're familiar with, a big music production YouTuber. If you're not, you should check him out. But uh, anyway, he was interviewing this Michael Beinhorn who used to produce, you know, Soundgarden and Red Hot Chili Peppers and uh, a lot of groups in the 90s. Uh, and he he was asked to compare like the 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 climate now to the climate in 93, like 30 years down the line, what has changed and what is the same. And like, the the first and foremost thing is that the back then they at least had uh they knew that the product had the potential to sell forever or at least they thought so because if the song was good enough and touched people's souls to a, a large enough extent it could be it could just keep on selling 
decade after decade after decade. So that's why the uh, the quality of the music was higher. And now you have all these, like, uh, the, the sh- ever-shrinking attention span makes it, you get the, all the quantity and none of the quality. It's, it's basically a fiat disease. And, uh, you know, uh, what Bitcoin is doing is it's doing the same thing to that the internet did to the record industry and, like, <laughs> blockbuster video and so on, but to everything. And that's so hard to wrap your head around, but it is doing that. Like, there's no question about it. It is, like, when there is a better system, the uh, an unstoppable idea, like, people will flow over to that. It's it's inevitable in that sense, as long as it just keeps on working. And I think that's why uh, this is such a orders of magnitude bigger shift than we we are, are capable of imagining. Even the Bitcoiners, no one knows where, where this is going. Yeah, but it's so much bigger than we think. There's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And like you say, man, um, we no one knows, no one can explain Bitcoin adequately. And the mystery, I mean, Joseph Campbell talks about the four things that make a mythology. He talks about the mystery of a phenomenon, the unknowableness of it to a degree. He talks about the technology, the, the orders of magnitude above what was previously before. He talks about the social that he, he and I'm relaying this because I remember seeing him speak about it and he said that the new mythologies will be global. They, that we've, we, we're done with these, you know, small minorities of we're in this part of the world and n- no one's going to hear about us. So we, we, we don't like, how do I put this? We're, we're exclusive. We're exclusive little clubs and that we can have our mythology and everything's cool. The, the new mythologies are going to be human mythologies. And when I say human, like they're going to include the whole of the human race. So it needs to have mystery, it needs to be technologically advanced, it needs to have this new mass global culture about it and complete include inclusivity. And it needs to have this individuation process that Jung talks about. It needs to be a purification of the individual. It needs to be transformative for the individual. And as far as I can see, Bitcoin ticks all those boxes. It, it literally, you know, Satoshi's the, the, the magic and the, the mystery. Um, technologically, it's orders of magnitude, uh, you know, more advanced than we've ever, um, experienced. Socially, it's, it's a human club. It's a, it's a club of humanity. It's a complete global cultural movement. And it's the individuation process as well. So it's it's just it's anyway. Not that I can describe what Bitcoin is. But <laughs> <laughs> Let me try to to uh, slightly devil's advocate or or like introduce another idea here. So for instance, uh, climate change. It's an idea that uh, has taken its hold uh, uh, on uh, a lot of people and the like. Regardless of what you think about how real the problem is, I'm not debating that. I'm just debating the 
belief that politicians can solve the problem somehow. That uh, a lot of people, and that's a global phenomenon for the most part, at least in the Western world. Uh, and it's not, uh, to me, the, the notion, the belief that polit politicians can solve the problem is very much like a religion or uh, 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 even a death cult. Like it's, it's uh, fear mongering at the, the highest level. And a lot of bad people will be able to, to uh, capture that and, and use it for their own purposes that fear i mean doomsday cults have always existed like people have uh, predicted the end of the world since the beginning of the world i mean the, that's always been in the that's a, a reoccurring feature in all religions basically the ragnaroks and the hells and whatnot of of the different belief structures and like this seems to be the latest reincarnation of that what's make the what makes this one so scary is that it's so politicized and it's so easily hijacked by by people who who, who use it for their own. Uh, like the incentives are set up in such a way that the conglomerates and the big players win uh, because of this fear. Um, so 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 what do you think? Like, is Bitcoin sufficiently good for everyone? Uh, to uh, to break that vicious circle and and like make people believe in something real instead of something that can so easily easily be captured by third parties. I mean, fear is a force that um, it, it grips it grips groups of people, and it's and it's enforced by you know by by what we consume in terms of information. So the the monopoly like you say the monopoly of this misinformation is a factor but i think i, I and this is the same argument with with ai as well i think like there's people that want fear in their life and they they feel like they're kind of used to that way of expressing or or seeing the world now so they're kind of happy with that fear in their life. But I think Bitcoin solves the fear because Bitcoin, it just, it enables this love to generate itself quite, quite easily, really. And Bitcoiners, they become a force for love um, in a way that, that it, it just eradicates this fear. And I, I, I can't, I mean, I you know, we can talk about the practicals of how Bitcoin mining is, you know, it, it's a it's it's happening bit by bit, but essentially it is the balancing of the world. I I, I think there's so many people who may have, you know, a fiat lifestyle or a fiat way of doing things, but they're going to at some point come across the benefits of Bitcoin mining in some way, whether it's hearing about somebody who's using Bitcoin mining and, you know, monetizing energy that couldn't have been monetized before, or they're hearing about Bitcoin mining that's, you know, using renewable energy or, you, you know, sucking up the wasted energy of fracking or um, using the wasted energy of, 
hydroelectric dams or whatever they're going. It it is proliferating and it's going to take time. But I just don't think with enough. I just don't think there's anything big enough that's really going to scare people too badly. I mean, the the energy fud and the the Bitcoin is bad for the environment. It's 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 just uh, a mi- deliberate or not, but it's just misunderstanding. And it's it's like a, a anyone who writes anything uh, even remotely close to that is just proving that they don't see the bigger picture and they they have not understood what kind of problem Bitcoin solves because there's nothing as wasteful as fiat money printing. Like that misallocates all the resources all the time. And all this that you can, you know, use Bitcoin miners to stabilize the grid and use uh, energy that would have otherwise been wasted. That's just a bonus cherry on top of the real problems over here, which is like stopping the misallocation of resources worldwide. So, So it's just ignorant at this point. Absolutely. So I have a question. Like, is fear the opposite of love? I mean, fear is the unknown for me. Fear and 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 whenever I've felt fear, it's the unknown factor somehow. So it doesn't. Re- it shouldn't, and I don't think it's ever reduced my love. So has it opposed my love? I wouldn't say it's opposed my love. It's just been a factor of unknowingness that's been greater than my confidence or my my ability at the time but i don't think it reduces my love and 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 i do believe hate is misplaced love so i think that love is pretty much yeah 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 it's not the opposite yeah. i know that hate is not the opposite of love yeah, uh, hate is definitely not the opposite of love. No, it's really misplaced love. Um, fear, yeah, fear is is is. I, I would put fear more in in the category of just the darkness that you don't recognize. It's the and it is the darkness within you as well. I mean, I I don't think any of us are lacking in love. Actually, you know, like and 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 and. And we we re- and and this is so clearly visible as Bitcoiners now because we emanate love in such a way that is so easy and so right that it's always it's it, it there wasn't a question of building it up in a way it it kind of I remember speaking to Jeff Booth at, at Bitcoin twenty twenty one. In the uh, in the swan tent, and you know, I was a fucking you know terrible you know fanboy, and I raced up to him, Jeff, 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 you know, and I was he didn't fucking know me from Adam, and he was like, hey man, you <laughs> know, dude, and anyway, I was just uh, and I was I and he said, look, man, like this is humanity, this is how humanity is when the fear disappears and it's just it's the breaking down of all of the barriers it it's just pure love because because and okay look i'm not saying that you know bitcoin is made it's just it's made us all 
you know, hold hands and sing wing wing and Rosie, right? Like it it we had we still have our ups and downs and our 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 darkness that we have to deal with. But but that darkness is just something that is within the individual. It's not a boogeyman outside, really. Next up, Wasabi Wallet, the privacy by default, open source, non-custodial Bitcoin wallet with CoinJoin built in. It's the easy to use, comprehensive, affordable way to make your coins private. And the best part is they've been making huge improvements to the app. They're really focusing on the user experience, adding advanced features for power users. They just keep getting better. You send your coins to your Wasabi wallet and they get combined with loads of other coins using the Wabi Sabi protocol. So they're private on the other end. Your tracks are covered so you can work on expanding your freedom footprint without worrying about your privacy. So check out wasabiwallet.io and download Wasabi today. Our newest sponsor is Geyser. They are the portal to the creator economy on Bitcoin. On Geyser, creators can monetize their work through their communities in a social and engaging way, and supporters can send sats to their favorite projects. Geyser has also recently integrated with Zaps and Podcasting 2.0, so every Zap sent to a Geyser address shows up on the Geyser page. We have a Geyser fund ourselves. It's the best way to support our show directly with Bitcoin. So whether you're a creator or a supporter, check out Geyser at geyser.fund today. This is uh, one of my later thoughts about it is that Bitcoin is not the signal. Speaking of Jeff Booth, who wrote an article uh, titled Finding Signal in the Noise. The way I see it, Bitcoin is not the signal, but it's the greatest tool for noise removal ever ever, uh, invented. Like that's that's the thing. So we're we're by having this noise remover, we enable ourselves to find whatever the signal be uh, is because I think the signal is subjective. Like each each and every one has a different signal to look for. So true. So true. Mm. And 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 we all end up being a little bit different as Bitcoiners, but funnily enough. Um, there's something very basic about us as Bitcoiners as well. Like, like I like to think of us as being very human, just like, you know, Bitcoin, it gets rid of this concept that we are, and I know this sounds kind of weird, but it, it somehow gets rid of my judgmentalness as well. Like I don't, I don't judge people anymore in a way like whatever shape they are whatever age they are I, I honestly believe bitcoin gets rid of age by the way it 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 truly feels like we're all on the one level here whether i'm talking and you know when i i, I think of princey's kids when whenever i meet them at conferences and and you know like i talk to them just like i'm talking to you guys like i like as in or i talk to them the way i talk to princey like there's no there's just no barriers anymore to humanness with Bitcoin. That reminds me of a David Bowie quote. Uh, the uh, aging is the process of slowly becoming who you were always meant to be. And I think that uh, Bitcoin accelerates that process. That's absolutely. And you know, but I've, I've seen it, it, videos of Bowie and I've thought, that's fucking magic. That's the magic that Bitcoin has. Bitcoin is a tool but what Bitcoin does through us as humans is magical. It's it's truly what enables us to be authentically ourselves. Which, when we become authentically ourselves, and that's what Bowie was doing, 
was magical. It it seemed magical, but he was just channeling like like you were talking before. Like it's it's this connection with and I, I you know Alan Watts is another one that comes to mind now. The the connection with the greater universe that is speaking through you because because this is consciousness observing the universe it's that's all we are really we're we're literally we're literally observing the universe as the universe in this fucking amazing yeah consciousness Back to the booth episode here with consciousness. Uh, reality is a reflection of your consciousness back at you. Like, uh, I love that. Yeah. And Bowie, like, his last album, I mean, he died a week after he made his last music video. And it's absolutely spectacularly good. Like, it's scary as fuck because he's a dying man. So it's, it's not, it's a dark song and a, a the visuals are very dark, but like that guy turned his entire life into a piece of art. Like there's a site where there's a site called what David Bowie was doing at your age. So you can, if you want to feel bad for your career at any point, you can just look up what David Bowie was doing at your age. And it's just, oh, he won an Oscar for some movie here, or like uh, he made three albums here, or he, he played Wembley Stadium here or something. Something that is way cooler than whatever you were doing at that age, and I, I just love that because <laughs> it's such a such a role model for artists in general. Uh, and he didn't have to make that last album at all. It's like he knew he was dying, like, uh, but he uh, he made it because he had to. Like, yeah, he's such a great example because there's something about him that was kind of a little bit like I remember a quote of his. And it was, again, it was one of his later albums. And somebody asked him, hey, man, how, how do you feel about, you know, releasing your new music? You must be really excited. And he was like, I'm fucking terrified. I'm absolutely fucking terrified. I've never, you know. And he was like, but you, you're fucking David Bowie, man. Like, like everyone's going to fucking love it. And he was like, man, everything I do is proving to myself again that that I'm that, like can I do it like if I'm going to do something I need to I need to be completely critical of myself just like I was when I was writing stuff from the very beginning and I thought wow man like that that's fucking intense like like he's a magician to me like he's so profound in the way he creates and like you say his whole life is a creation. And and again, I think this is what Bitcoin is going to enable us to do as well. It's going to enable every human to be a creator. Like there's this to be more like David concept. Bowie. <laughs> yeah. It to yeah. be magical. I mean, there's this weird concept we have that, you know, an artist is a specific kind of person. And, you know, to be an artist is something specifically special. But actually, we are all creators. I mean, a, a woman is a creation machine. I mean, literally, she gives birth, right? She expresses milk. I mean, she creates. But being a creator is um, is what we all are. We all are. Uh, we, everything we do is a 
reflection of ourselves coming out into the world. And that's what we've forgotten about in fiat terms. We've forgotten that, that you know, because we don't like we don't like what we're bringing out into the world in fiat terms. If you're if you're going to some job that you fucking hate, you're bringing something out into the world that you're not proud of or that you're you're rejecting. Because and you're thinking to yourself, I have to do this because of X, Y, and Z. And you know, yeah, they all the all the I'm keep thinking Alan Watts and Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung, they were absolute Bitcoiners in the sense that they preached that. Go out and find your bliss. Go out and, you know, um, ignore the money, right? Ignore the 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 attitude that you need to fit a certain role model. Um, and it and and be, and it's because of people like David Bowie and John Lennon that I think, um, you know, they like everyone's led to this concept of Bitcoin. Really, I think it's. It it was it just happened at a certain time in a certain place, but I think Bitcoiners were all over the place before Bitcoin. It's just that they they you know they just expressed in different ways, and yeah, and musicians are a great example of just how Bitcoin has existed yeah. in the past. Yeah, Frank Zappa would have definitely been a Bitcoiner, <laughs> right? And so right. would Leonardo da Vinci, by the way. So, like, uh, I can think of exactly. so many names that you just know. Yeah, if you know, you know, right? <laughs> right. And and Leonardo was a universal warmer, right? This universal human being that I and 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 this is kind of why the chocolate thing has kind of come up for me as well, because the music led me to Bitcoin, and then the Bitcoin led me to the chocolate, and in a way. I don't know where the chocolate's going to lead me. Yeah. Anything else on your mind? Uh, any of you, Luke, Roger? I'll leave, I'll leave it with you, Roger, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it with you. This has been a fantastic conversation, but uh, I, I think if I, if I tease us into any more other different rabbit holes, uh, yeah, we'll be here forever. So uh, for, for future conversations, because this was fantastic and we'll definitely need to have you back on. But yeah, any any final thoughts and where can uh, our listeners find you on the internet so they can follow you and follow what you do? Um, look, gentlemen, it's been absolutely um, mind-blowing and I, I, I expected it would be. So I'm really happy that my expectations were met. Um, uh I can't wait to see you, gentlemen. In per- Are you going to be at Madeira, by the way? Of course. I mean, does the Pope shit in the forest? I, of course, we are. Excellent. Um, I will be there with bells on. Um, I'm going to be doing a Bitcoin bush, bush bash. I do hope you gentlemen can make it uh, for a Bitcoin bush bash one of these days i'm doing one actually here at, at my place which um is out in the middle of fucking nowhere but that's the whole point of it so that's that's kind of the next thing i can't wait for um but then madeira yeah and then bitcoin alive i oh, no, no. there's beachworth before that which is another bush bash but um is there any chance of seeing 
either of you at Bitcoin Live, maybe. I haven't heard from them yet, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I, I certainly enjoyed it last year. Like, it was fantastic. I loved Sydney. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, but when do you arrive on Madeira? Do you know? Like, um, I'm there quite early. So, so I'm there for, like, three weeks. So we'll definitely see each other there. Oh, wow. Excellent. Yeah, okay. Is, um, is uh, Rockamoto happening at Madeira? Do you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, some type of uh, Rockamoto is happening for sure. Well, well, uh, I don't know the details of it yet, but we'll have to put something together. Uh, I'd love that. You know, I love that in Riga when we played that. Uh, what's its song? What's the song called? Uh, five hundred miles. You know, the I will walk five hundred miles. It's it's literally three notes, and I play bass. And which is, which is perfect because it's, it's so easy to play. So you have like the attention to actually playing to the song is like 2% of the performance and the rest is just, yeah, <laughs> getting people riled up. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Fantastic. That is the coolest thing about Rock and Murder, for sure. For sure. So where can people find your, um, offline <laughs> or online? <laughs> Offline is the middle of nowhere, Australia. Uh and uh online. Um I mean I mean Twitter is Roger underscore underscore nine thousand. Two underscores. Roger nine thousand dot com is is my website. And that is yeah, all the, the YouTube and stuff. I I've, I've I've you know what I tend to do is I do a video which is supposed to be a visual of what I do live. But people kind of tell me, man, we, we don't get any, we don't get any feeling for what you do live online, you know, because what I do live is kind of really different to what happens, what, what people see online. So I'm kind of not big on, I guess, promoting my online stuff, which is kind of a shame, but I, I don't know. I, I've got to work that out. I kind of feel like I'm, I'm missing something there. But um, yeah, I just have so much fun playing live. So yeah, roger9000.com. That's probably the best place. All right. Hey, Roger, thank you so much for joining us. You guys are legends. Thank take you. us away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to like, subscribe, and brush your teeth and all that. And, and bush, bush, bash, and bash, bash, bush, bush, and all of the other stuff. So, uh, this has been the Freedom Footprints show. Have a nice rest of your life, people, and uh, see you next time.